I haven't gotten to do this in a while, and I'm really excited about it. Why don't you find your Bibles and uh, go with me to the book of Ephesians. We are going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to have to make sure I don't, uh, my Bible doesn't blow away here. This is kind of crazy tonight. Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, we are going to study God's Word a little bit tonight. Uh, Today is our vision weekend, and uh, we want to see where we're going. So, I brought my uh, headlamp along with me, and um, mostly because if you've ever been uh, backpacking and, uh, and ever done like a night hike, is it, it, oh, is it shining in your light? Sorry, babe. Uh, I'll look over this direction. Uh, if you've ever been like uh, hiking at night or on a night hike or uh, like a, well, not a night run, that's unnecessary, but like sometime where you're like camping outside or you're walking around in the woods, uh, you wear one of these mostly because you look amazing when you do. Uh, But also, you wear one of these because it helps you see the path in front of you to see where you're going. It's just going to help clarify what's right in front of you. Now, uh, as as awesome as this is, I don't actually wear this around the house uh, because I have a phone for that. Uh, How many of you, anybody else like use the flashlight on your phone like all the time? Like, okay. I'm not alone on this. We were having this weird conversation. She knows where I'm going on this. The other night, Carissa and I were talking about this. For, for some reason, she never uses the flashlight on her phone. I don't know how this is even possible because uh, she is comfortable navigating in uh, the rooms in our house in the dark without using a flashlight. I, for some reason, I can't do that. And, and, and it's not because I'm afraid of the dark. It's not because of that, okay? Uh, but I, I really don't know why. Maybe it's just like a force of habit. I just got to get that out. I want to I wanna be able to see where I'm going. Casting vision is a lot like that. We're trying to get a picture, lighting the path in front of us so that we see clearly where we're going. And we do that as we start our ministry year. Uh, Every year as a church, we're trying to clarify the vision of where we're going and what is it that we're really focusing on in this ministry. And and what are we going to do this year? What are the priorities? How are we we clarifying uh, the vision of where we're going? And the reason that we care about that is because we're trying to be effective at accomplishing the mission that God has given to our church. How many of you think that you can say our mission statement? I see smiles like we're ready for this, okay? So the mission of our church, if you could say this uh, out loud with me, that would just do wonders for my heart, okay? So those of you who know this, let's say it together. Our mission is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations as we live in loving community. Love that. That's what we're getting after. God has called us to this. It's not just something that we slap up on the wall that drives everything that we do. And yet, what are we going to do as, as a church this fall as we're trying to chase after that? I want to get some clarity around where we're going. And Ephesians chapter 4 is really going to give that to us. So I want you to uh, look with me in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start reading in verse 11, which I realize is kind of picking up right in the middle of the paragraph here. Uh, but I think there's something for us here that's going to give us some clarity about uh, the direction that our church needs to move as we begin this next ministry year. So in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse Verse 11, you can follow along with me as I read. It says that God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Okay, that's 
leaders in the church. Okay, these are the pastors, elders, uh, leaders in the church. Why? Why? Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for, watch this, building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to, you see it? Grow up. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body there it is again, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Did you catch the language of growth there? Like that is the vision that we are chasing after. That's the thing that we're pursuing that, that, that we want to, he says, I want to build up the body. We want to mature. We want to grow up. We want to make the body grow. Our vision as we're launching into this new ministry year is being a growing church. It's a growing church. And he's giving us a picture of what this looks like so that we would say, man, like, I want that. I want to be a part of a church like that. We want Fairfax Bible Church to be a growing church. Paul says, we got to grow up. And I don't know about you, but you, you probably remember when you were uh, a little kid. And, and, like, the most important question that anybody ever asks you when you're a kid, and they ask it all the time, right? What do you want to be when you grow up, Right? And you remember getting this question. In fact, we've got a whole bunch of kids with us today. Uh, kiddos, how many of you, kiddos, help me out here. Uh, kids, how many of you know what you want to be when you grow up? Anybody? Anybody? All right. So we've got some ideas here. Um, uh, we, we've, uh, here's what I want to do. In fact, um, if you could help me out, why don't you turn to the person next to you? And you don't have to be a kid, kid to answer this question because I realize that some of us are still trying to figure that out too. All right? So uh, if you can, just turn to the person next to you right now and tell them what it is that you want to be. Who do you want to be when you grow up? Go ahead and tell the person next to you. I know that my kids are probably saying things like uh, teachers and nurses, pilots, archaeologist, Javen's probably saying something about a ninja or something along those lines. My kids, I don't know about you guys, but my kids cannot wait to grow up. But one of the things that our culture has begun to discover is that just because you're getting older, just because you're getting bigger, doesn't mean you actually grow up. In fact, this last week, um, I was letting my little guys listen to a song that I listened to from high school. And uh, I'm going to share it with you. This is super embarrassing. I probably shouldn't do this, but here we are anyway. Uh, so we were listening to a song by the band called MXPX. If you've ever heard of them, I'm really sorry. Uh, but the song goes like this. Uh, responsibility, not yet. Responsibility, not quite yet. Um, and and. For whatever reason, my kids think it's hilarious, especially Judah. We love that song. It's funny, right? And it's just a bunch of grown guys talking about the fact that uh, we don't want to take on responsibility, which is hilarious until it's reality, right? When, when you've got grown adults that uh, still haven't figured out that it's not cool uh, to just be uh, living at home with mom and dad who are doing all of your laundry and they're taking care of you and picking up after you and making you snacks so that you can just play video games because you don't want to get out of the house and, and uh, get a job or take any kind of responsibility on and act like an adult, right? That, not cool. 
And, and most of us, hopefully, have grown up. I've grown up a little bit, which is sometimes debatable. And, and hopefully, we've matured to a certain level. But all of us still have some room to grow in that, okay? Like, I, I realize that uh, this is probably at the top of uh, my wife's prayer list on a constant basis. Like, Lord, please help me. This guy really needs to grow up. Hopefully, I've grown up a little bit. Hopefully, we've matured. But at some level, you begin to realize that just because you're growing in size, just because you're getting older, you're growing in age, does not automatically mean that you're growing in maturity. And the same thing is true for the church. We are eight years old as a church. We've never been this old before as a church, surprisingly, right? So, so if you're eight years old, I think we're going into like second or third grade, something like that as a church, uh, which is kind of fun. We're getting older, and uh, believe it or not, but right before COVID hit, we were experiencing like record numbers in attendance on Sunday. It was awesome. Like we were getting bigger. Those are things that we're excited about. Like we, we praise God for those things, and we certainly want to reach more people, but we're also recognizing that there's a lot more to it than just numbers, that longevity and size are not the most important measurements of a healthy, growing church. And I was thinking about that. Like, what if, what if our church was getting older and getting bigger, but we never grew up? I don't want to be a part of a church like that. Uh, the, the kind of church where they, they're, they're divided, the kind of church that, that, that they're, they're not united in a loving community and they're bickering and they're argue, arguing and they're taking shots at one another and complaining and, and they're showing partiality and they prefer some people over others or, or, or a church that's immature, like they just can't handle life or they can't handle any kind of difficult situation and everything becomes a crisis in their life or, or the kind of church where they just bad leadership, not helping, not multiplying, not shepherding, uh, bad theology. We're, we're, we're just like missing the gospel or we're easily confused, we're easily deceived and, and there's, we're not growing in discernment or they're not, they're, they're not growing in greater understandings of, of biblical truth or maybe they've got the truth but they just, they're full of harsh communication like they speak the truth but they're just unloving and unkind and unhelpful in the way that they talk to one another and there's no compassion, there's no care for one another or that there's just, they're just irresponsible consumers. Or they just come sit, soak, and sour. Like, I just want to be here, and, and I just want to get my needs met, but nobody else wants to uh, be a part of things and serve and, and think about others. Like, who wants to go to a church like that? Nobody wants to go to that church. And I've been praying, like, Lord, help us. Lord, help us not be let that be true of us. I've been thinking about where... Um, some of the things that God has done over the last few years, and I praise God for the growth and the health and maturity that he's already begun to produce in us here at Fairfax Bible Church. And let's just be honest. If we've grown at all, it's completely because of him. And we want to be a healthy, 
growing church that's maturing and becoming more and more like Jesus, the kind of church that is growing spiritually, where it's very obvious that the Spirit is at work here, where where leadership are just pouring themselves into others and, and multiplying, where we know God's Word. We have a deep love for the gospel, what the gospel is and what the gospel does, and we're living that out, and we're growing in discernment, and we're communicating truth in love, and, and, and where everyone's just playing their part and working together, and we're, we're on mission together. We're in this loving community. We're doing it all for the glory of God. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of, and that's the vision that we are pursuing. Reality is, though, if, if you've uh, spent any amount of time with us in our church family, you're going to start to realize, like, we've still got a lot of room to grow, like any family. But I do believe that God is doing a good work in us. And so our plan for the fall and uh, some of the things that we've shared with you, I think it's really going to allow us to really focus our attention on discipleship for spiritual growth. We're going to spend the next few weeks looking at what that looks like to be a growing church. And then uh, this fall, we're going to preach through the fruit of the Spirit because we're asking the Spirit of God to do a, a fresh work in our hearts so that we're growing to be more like Him and we're seeing new fruit coming out of our lives. And it's very obvious that God is at work in us. And in order to do that, we've made this decision um, we made this decision to go mostly virtual, right? We're doing mostly virtual services, and then we've got once-a-month gatherings just like this. In fact, it's the second weekend of every month in October, November, and December. We'll be here at City Gates Church, be able to gather together, and that is going to allow us to be able to worship together as a church while we're helping everybody stay safe and stay connected in this season. And we've been working hard, and, and, and it's, it's kind of crazy that this is happening, but we're still able to add more people into our small groups and, and prioritizing those relationships and our time around God's word and, and, and our time of prayer together, making sure that we're taking care of one another. Our students, where are my students at? Our students are about ready to start meeting, and they've got mentors this year that are going to be pouring into them, and I'm just praising God for those of you that are willing to do that. And our, our, uh, our kids' ministry, kids, getting ready. Now our virtual services, we've got, a, we've got something we're including for the kids at the end so that they're watching an, uh, an episode on Right Now Media because we want them to really grow spiritually in their walk with Christ. I know our ladies are, are going to be having another uh, Bible study this fall. They're going to be doing that on Friday night, starting on the first week in, in uh, October, just time around God's Word together. And then we've got this new recording studio that we told you about. And because we've got that, we're going to be doing our virtual services. We're actually going to be launching a, a new discipleship podcast so that we can have more on-demand resources just to help you follow Jesus and be a courageous and effective witness while you're trying to process what's going on in our culture right now. The point I'm trying to say is this. We don't want you to just survive. We want you to grow. And we want to help you grow so that you are loving Christ with greater depths of passion and joy and you are living sent with greater conviction and a sense of purpose. Like you know why you're here and God wants to use you in that. So I just want to invite you this year to be a part of what he's doing and let's be a growing church. Do you want that? You on board with that? Well, well I want to look at really quick here in Ephesians chapter 4, I want to just like answer this question. What, is, what does that actually look like? Because there's a couple of things that Paul gives to us, uh, some traits of a growing church. In fact, there, there are five traits, and before you freak out, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly, but here are five traits that we see in Ephesians chapter 4 of what a growing church really looks like. Here's the first one. You see it right there in verse 13. A growing church is a unified church. 
It's a unified church. He says, I'm going, uh, we're building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith. It's one of the things that we've seen is that Jesus has brought us together in the gospel. And we've said before, th- this is the kind of unity that in some ways is a little surprising. There, there are some times where people are, should be looking around at everybody that's gathered here and like, I don't get it. Like, what in the world is bringing all of these people together? And it's not uh, the color of our skin. It, it's not our common interests. It, it, it's not the stage of life. There's something else that's bringing us together and unifying us, and the answer is Jesus. In fact, Paul, uh, back in chapter 2 of this book, he said uh, that it was by the blood of Jesus Christ when he went to the cross, he broke down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. We are one in Jesus. There's nothing that divides us. Nothing comes between us, and there's not one person that you can look at in this church and say, eh, I don't need you. Or, I, just, I just don't get along with them. Or I'm not sure that we have much in common. No, no, no. This is one of the things that we're having to grow as a church in this, that we are working hard to live out the reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. And if you're there in chapter 4, you can look at verse 3. Verse 3 of chapter 4 is one of the most crucial verses, and I think especially in this season where we find ourselves. He says, I want you to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Imagine the kind of impact that we can have as people in northern Virginia begin to see us functioning as one, that nothing is coming between us, nothing is dividing us as we live in loving community. So the first trait is that we're a unified church. Here's the second one, verse 13. Uh, We're unified, but we're also more like Jesus. We're becoming increasingly more like Christ. He says we're trying to grow up, verse 13, to mature manhood. You see that? To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So there's a goal that we're trying to reach in in our growth. So, So maybe you remember when you were a kid, your parents had one of those growth charts you know what I'm talking about? You got like a spot on the wall where, where they're like marking off uh, how tall you are and seeing how uh, you pro- progressed as you're growing up. My kids, uh, they love to uh, put their hand up to mine and compare hand sizes just to see how big they are, especially the boys. They want to be as big as dad. Well, there's a measurement for us, and what he's saying is we want to grow up, we want to grow to maturity, and Jesus is the measure. As as we reflect on the character of Jesus, we're seeing his glory in the word. We begin to evaluate our own lives and see how far along are we. It's like we're constantly putting our hand up to his and saying, I just want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be more and more like Christ. And as the spirit of God is working in our hearts, we're going to reflect the likeness of our Savior. We're going to become more and more like Jesus. So uh, a growing church is a unified church. A growing church is more like Jesus. Thirdly, uh, a growing church is grounded in God's word. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, he says, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Look at verse 14. So that we may no longer be children. Um, This isn't meant to insult you, kiddos, uh, but let's just be honest. Children can be a little gullible, right? Like at some point, you have to grow up and start to realize that the big red guy with the beard who shows up on Christmas with presents, it, 
I should stop right there. I'm like seeing the faces. Like, is he really going to say it out loud? I'm not going to say it out loud. Okay, you know where I'm going with this, right? Okay, at some point, what Paul's trying to say is, you got to grow up. We can't just be children about these things. We need to know the truth. Why? He says, because I don't want you to be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. He's just giving you this imagery of being lost at sea and just like a ship that's just being blown all over the place by a storm. My worst fears confirmed. Like that would, that would be the scariest thing in the world to be out in the middle of the ocean like that in the middle of a storm. And that's, that's what he's trying to help you understand. Hey, we're in danger right now. Do you know that? There is a constant flood. There is so much content and info coming at us through our screens, and we're just scrolling through it on a constant basis. And if we're not careful, we're going to be in danger of being deceived by lies and being discipled by worldly voices and missing out, even false teachers in Christianity. And if we're not grounded in the truth of the Bible, we're not going to grow. And we've got to get around the Word of God. And so a growing church is one unified. It is second, more like Christ. Third, it's, it's grounded in God's word. And then fourth, it's this, speaking the truth in love. You see that verse 15? I mean, we are Fairfax Bible church after all. We love to study our Bibles. We need this. But it's very important that we have this check on us where he says, no, I want you to make sure that you're speaking the truth in love. When we're doing that, we would grow up in every way into him. We have to be a church that is constantly talking about the truth of God's word, but that we're doing it in love. It's not a club. We're like beating people over the head with this. We're not just trying to be right. We're not trying to prove people wrong. No, that we would do it in a spirit of gentleness. That we would do it in, in patience. The way that God has been patient with us. And that we would have a genuine care and concern because we love and we, we just want people to grow. So a growing church is unified and it's more like Jesus. It's grounded in, God, in God's word. It's speaking the truth in love. And then lastly this. Verse 16, you see this. Everyone actively serving. That's what I see there. He says, when, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let me say it to you this way. We serve because Jesus served. He literally gave himself up. And he went to the cross and he died in our place, a death that we deserve, but he did that so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be saved from our sin and we could live with him forever. But even when he was on his way to the cross, there's this interesting little story there where John tells us that as he's on his way to go and ultimately serve by giving his life, he picked up a towel and he washed his disciples' feet. And this is why we never apologize for asking you to serve in our church. Because it's an opportunity for you to grow and for you to be more like Jesus. In fact, Dr. Tony Morita said it this way, every member should grow up and use a towel, not wear a bib. They should not be immature consumers. 
but eager servants. God has gifted you, and you are a part of this family, and you have a part to play. And I hope that you know, every single one of you, we need you. There's not one of you that we would say, ah, eh, we, we could do without. No. We need you. I know that um, COVID has kind of wiped out some of the ministry opportunities that we used to have, right? Like we're not greeting uh, one another the same with guest experience as you're walking in the lobby and we're not like teaching the kids in the back or we're not, um, uh, we're certainly not getting up at 7.30 on Sunday mornings with the trailer and unloading that and, and setting up, amen. I missed some of those opportunities actually. Like I, I realized that like in some ways it's kind of, uh, we've lost some things that we used to be able to do together. But because of that, I, I, I think it's important that we remember this. There's a danger that your maturity and your growth in Christ is going to stall out if you're not serving. Do you know that? Some of you might be feeling that lately. Because too much time where you're not thinking about others, where you're not pouring yourself out and serving, well, it, it, it just leaves you focused on who? Yourself, what I got going on, my thing, my world. You start thinking mostly about your thoughts, your concerns, your desires, and it's just not healthy. Paul says the body of Christ grows when each part is working properly. Now, there's a really awesome way for you to do this. And it's one of the reasons that God has allowed our church and helped our church sustain itself in this season. It's our small groups. Can I just encourage you to start serving there? Think about the people that you're meeting with, even if it's virtually. I get it. We're tired of that. But don't disparage the little things. I realize that, that picking up a towel may not seem as significant as carrying a cross, but this is the way that Jesus demonstrated that we could serve one another. So what's one thing you could do, like, this week? You could encourage someone. You could pick up the phone and call them. You could text them. You could pray with them. You could do something to help them. Take them a meal. You could just be a blessing to someone in the body of Christ. There it is. There's your opportunity. So what Paul's trying to help us understand is that a growing church is unified. We're becoming more and more like Jesus. We're grounded in God's word. We're speaking the truth in love, and everyone is actively serving. It's a church that's growing. Can you see that vision? Do you want to be a part of that this year? Here's the deal. If we are going to grow, if we're going to see the kind of growth where it is obvious that the Spirit of God is doing something here, then we're going to have to pray and ask him to do that. And so what I want to do right now, we're growing in this being a praying church. I want you to stand up right now, and we're going to spend just a couple of minutes praying with one another. And here's what we're praying for. We're asking the Lord to give us the clarity of what that looks like, the vision of a growing church and how we can pursue that. We're asking the Spirit of God to do a work in our hearts and in our lives so that we're growing in that maturity, so that we're getting on mission, so that we're living sent for the glory of God. So I'd love for you to take just a few minutes 
Find a couple of people around you if you're comfortable with it. If you're not, I totally understand. You can stand right there. You can pray just you and God. We're doing our best to social distance as well in this. But as you're comfortable with it, find just a few people around you. And this is what we do, church. We're crying out to the Lord because I want to be a part of a church that's growing in a way that he is going to get the glory. So let's pray together and ask him to do that right now. Father, you are the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. You do not grow faint. You do not grow tired. Your understanding is unsearchable. And Lord, we've, we, we confess this has been a season that we didn't see coming. And so many of us, in, 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 at times, we felt defeated. We have felt tired and exhausted, weary. And yet you promised that those who wait on you will renew their strength. And so God, forbid us from ever coming and laying our plans before you and just asking them to, asking you to bless them. God, we want to wait on you. We want to trust you in this season, that we would follow behind you in faithfulness. Lord, you have been so good to us. Thank you for building your church. We're holding on to that promise that you said you would build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you have been at work doing that in us. Lord, we want to grow. Not for us. Not for our name. But so that you get the glory because it's evident no one else could do what you can do. No one else could do this. 
God, make us more like Jesus. Bring us together in unity. Ground us in the truth of the word of God. Help us to grow as a loving community where every single person is actively engaged in getting on mission so that we love Christ and live sent for your name, for your glory. Thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray.